Right then, guys, welcome to another episode of The Job Pod by Begin and Discover with me, Sam Winwood. Today, we are talking to the lovely, lovely, lovely Charlie and Rupert Avery. They're twins that run a taqueria company called Dosmas. They do amazing tacos, super tasty. Now, today, they are going to be talking to us about entrepreneurship. Rupert goes into lots of depth about market research, trial and error, etc. But they're also going to give us a really good overview of the street food industry. They are genuinely two of the most hardworking, grittiest and persevering chaps that I've ever known. Uh, and it's just a pleasure to talk to them. So I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. And let us know if you've got any thoughts. Thanks. Hey guys. Hey Sam, how's it going? Yeah, very well, thanks, very well. So, in 30 seconds, your nan's in the room, she has no idea what you do. Rupert, tell me what you do. So, um, Dosmas is a tacaria company that we set up in London. Yep. Um, and it's owned by myself and Charlie, they're two twin brothers, and we serve authentic tacos, which is from our travels and trips around Mexico. We are a brand that is committed to sustainability, quality and everything that sort of represents good honest food um myself and charlie run pop-up markets so actually serving on the street in the gazebo uh, we do private events so we do corporate catering um that's for companies like deliveroo um you know all, you know pwc all of these sort of big corporate brands uh, we do private catering as well so something like weddings birthdays above and all beyond that um and committed to to kind of just being really honest good mexican food that you don't find in the uk not a lot more of an la scene but we, we've wanted to bring that to the uk from our travels awesome sweet that's a wicked overview thanks so much mate um cool so i want to learn your story and about why you enjoy it etc cetera, etc cetera. and this is the whole idea of the podcast as you know um cool. tell me how did all of this come around like what's what's the story so far so I'll just do the beginning and then try to consider yeah, out. Go for it. <laughs> we first came up with the idea when we were working on super yachts. So myself and Charlie both worked on super yachts before that we started this business. It was our career beforehand. We did it for four years. Yeah. We had two yeah. very different roles. Charlie was always a chef. Cool. Um, he'll tell you more about that side. Um, and I was more of the deck role. And it got to a point when we were working on the same boat together that we wanted to do something, you know, we've always been working in hospitality, in and out of restaurants, and we've always wanted to do something ourselves, our own restaurants, been our dream. Mm. Um, and there was a certain point where I remember saying to Charlie, let's go for it. And let's, let's come up with a concept. We had no idea what the concept was gonna be. We love Mexican food, we love all types of food. We've, we've been traveling, you know, ever since, we'd eight, ever since we were 18, or old enough to travel, and the best way that we got our experience was from eating around the world. And we wanted to bring yeah. our own experiences to the UK. And I suppose, um, I suppose yachting, you could afford to do that as well. <laughs> exactly. It allowed us to save up a bit of capital. Um, and it was time to leave and it was time to take on our own adventure. And yeah, we moved I, to the UK and Charlie... Yeah, I think, I think having, you know, sort of 
worked in those, you know, in that field. I think also, which was another sort of push for us in that direction is that we'd worked for so many people who had made something from themselves, from, yeah. you know, working and putting everything they had into a business or an idea or a dream. And I think that just kind of gave us a kick up the ass where it was like, we can follow in a very comfortable career or we can just sort of, you know, do what these other great hardworking individuals have done and, yeah. you know, take inspiration from that and go off on our own path and make the mistakes and, you know, make the wins and just see how that journey goes. I mean, we've always loved um, eating, I think, <laughs> is a pretty good way of putting it. I mean, I've just I think ever since, you know, we, where we started in street food, we always loved eating small plates of food, whether it be street food, something quite reasonable, cheap to eat. And I think traveling just allowed us to sort of, you know, when we were there, it definitely caught our attention on who we are and our personalities. We definitely just sat better. It just seemed more like Charlie and Rupert having more of a, yeah. an honest meal. Yeah, um, and it, it, it allowed yeah. us to work together. Like we, we've always worked together. We've always found different streams of working, different industries where we've, we've wanted to do it together and work together. And, you know, yachting, we've moved out there together. We've got different yachts, we've got the same yacht. And then this was just another avenue to be like, well, this is a chance to work together as a team, wow. use our different skills and try it. And we then left and then went back home, moved back in with our mum. And we literally for four months sat on our mum's maisonette on a desk and drafted out this idea of what Dosmas. I was going to say, like, how did it all start? So it literally came up with Charlie coming up with every recipe that he thought would sell. Right. Um, to everything I sort of disagreed with and everything I thought wouldn't sell. There was a lot of back and forth. There was a lot of back and forth. And um, I literally spent hours and hours and books and podcasts yeah. and everything about how to start a street food business from health and safety to business tactics to different revenue streams like private events, festivals, markets, how to utilize that. And Charlie was sort of focusing on what he wanted the brand to sort of stand for okay and we cool. first came up with dosmas which our granddad drew a logo for um and it was it was very personal to us and it was sort of that personal touch and yeah. we did basically in 2017 towards november um without having bought any of equipment or anything i secured us a market for the 25th of november and we had nothing and I was like, okay, we're now, we're now doing a market on this day. We have to be ready for this day. Mm. And we're fucking, we're lastminute.com. So we literally <laughs> scrambled together everything to trade on that day. And it was cold, miserable, raining. I think we sold like six portions. Oh, but it was so much fun. And like, yeah. Dosmas sort of born. But like, we, we, we're quite adaptable because we really quickly knew exactly what we needed to do. Um, and Charlie was going up to London a lot and eating the food scene there. Yeah. And then Charlie sort of proposed the idea of being like, we need to be in the city and we need to be serving city workers. We need to be cooking for people with a bit more income. Um, they, there's more event opportunities up there. There's more, you know, there's just more opportunity yeah. in a bigger city always. Yeah. Um, and that same year we, we looked for places to live, still developing the idea every day. Yeah. Uh, and then I still think we were kind of more or less quite 
um, you know, clueless to what we were sort of diving into. Okay. We knew that we wanted a bit more individuality because we were still living with our parents, having yeah. been around the world for the last few years. Um, so I think it was quite important that we sort of went on this alone because I feel like when you're sort of with your parents, you know, it's great to have that support there. And we were very lucky to have very supportive family. Yeah. Um, but I think it was just one of those things where it's like, oh, okay, let's go down this road on, on our own and make those, you know, mistakes and let's give the real city life a shot because we'd never done that before since we'd just yeah. been way, you know, living a sort of bougie lifestyle. Um, so it was, it I mean, was quite yeah, exciting. I mean, to, to, add, to add to that, like, yeah. myself and Charlie, had never, we've never had help from anyone. Mm. We've never had anyone tell us different. We've never had, like, there's people that have shot down our ideas before. Our mum has been the only person that said, like, you guys could do whatever you want to do. And that, that's kind of what we ran away with. But yeah. we've done everything ourselves. We left school with nothing, no education, mm. no GCSEs, no college. You got a BTEC level two in cooking. Um, we went to super yachts with no sort of additional seafaring experience. And this was just another thing where we were like, well, if we put our minds to it, there's no reason why we can't do it. Um, Brilliant. That's so good. Um, it's just like really like it's inspirational in a way. And it really, really is. But when you guys first went up to London, obviously, Rupert, I know that you work for Curb. How yeah. do you go about understanding the street food market, street food industry, yeah. all of that? How, like, what did you do? Like, what's it like now? Tell me more. Yeah, so, um, I mean, yeah, for the whole of 2018, it was, it was really tough. Me and Charlie were finding it really hard to secure events, um, markets. We found very quickly it was very saturated um, in, a, in a sort of a good way because more people are eating street food and it's seen... You know, street food developed five years ago. And street food five years ago was um, someone like, you know, well-needed doing pizzas in Brixton that people sort of really took to the sort of individual brands and then Pop Brixton came alive. And Brixton was sort of the hub five years ago for individual businesses, independent businesses doing creative food. It was also um, sort of allowing on, people on who the didn't... Cheap. It was also, yeah, you know, to add to that as well, it was also allowing people who didn't really have a lot of classical you know, chefing backgrounds who weren't particularly chef backgrounds come into their own and start actually doing their own thing. So you see a lot of these street food owners, they're very much like, you know, they used to work in finance or they used to be lawyers or they used to be designers yeah. and whatever. And they've just thought, oh, I'm not really a big fan of my job anymore and I'm 35 and, you know, I want to do something different. So, so it was all of these kind of people doing, doing really cool things. Yeah. And then Dalston Yard was really up and coming and then street food, like took off five years ago it was at an all-time high like you know uh, we've got bow bleaker burger some huge names that started from a street food setup um and incredible entrepreneurs yeah um and then sort of us kind of coming to the tail end of that five-year win in 2018 was sort of a bit bit of uncertainty a lot more other street food brands out there yeah um and for that first year of, of 2018 charlie and i found it really difficult um, yeah. and we were still running with the current brand and we were still finding it really hard to have an identity um, with our food and with our brand. And I, when, I, when I was researching everything in London and I was, you know, I, I'm basically 
a computer activist, I will research everything and I'll not stop and I'll write notes on things and I'm a spreadsheet kind of guy. And I knew exactly what we needed to do and that was collaborate with these other street food membership groups like Curb, yep. Street Feast, um, what is it? Right. Uh, street Food, what is it Box called? Park. Box Park, all of these other guys. Um, and I sent an email every day to Curb and I sent an email every day to Street Feast and I sent an application every day to and I just didn't stop. Um, and I then went to the markets that Curb was at and asked what I needed to do and they were like fill out an application I was like I've already done that like 100 times um, and then there was a job application open and I knew that if I got a job in Curb part-time uh, which was the decision that we both made although we were like fuck we got nothing to lose let's just apply for it yep uh, got an interview got a second interview and then basically I was working part-time managing King's Cross which is Curb's yep. oldest market um, and I was then speaking to street food traders that I was like researching online for like the past sort of nine months being like, oh my God, it's smoking Lotus. She's like an OG and I'm there sort of managing her and her pitch. It felt really weird because I haven't really, we didn't really have our break in street food. We didn't really have our foot in the door. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I was kind of talking to all these other like-minded entrepreneurs that were saying it was really hard, really difficult, but sort of hang in there. Yeah. And the advice that I got from that genuinely saved us thousands of pounds because instead of you can't uh, pay a price on you that. can't pay you can't pay a price on experience mm. um, you can't put a price on that and that's the reason why I'm still with Curb now is a little bit because I'm st I kind of felt like I was going to street food school yeah um, perfect and through, throughout 2018 got a bit more opportunity expanded my network spoke to more traders saw what they were doing saw what events they were doing saw what markets they were doing they thought I was a nice guy so they were like oh you know do my pitch at you know, debt for bites. So did a couple markets there for Dosmas. And I was, I mean, we were both working. Charlie was still full-time on Dosmas at that time. Yeah. Um, and then towards the tail end of 2018, it was sort of winter and everything was ramping down. Yeah. Um, and then Charlie decided to, to get a job throughout the winter just because it was horrible, weren't really covering our costs. That's yeah. what everyone else sort of does is it's very seasonal. Um, and that sort of led us nicely to a really good year last year which is 2019 yeah that was good i then had the decision to rebrand the business um and focus on more of a mexican concept because throughout the time i was working at curb i never really saw saw anything like what we're doing now um the food that we were doing was really authentic and i have always known that charlie can cook really good food and really good Mexican food. He is um, a good chef. He's a very. So we, we made the decision <laughs> to, to rebrand completely because the current concept we had wasn't really breaking down barriers or interest. I mean, we had we did a couple of private events. We did a re we did our big one in June, uh, which we had Josh come on and join and help out, which was hilarious. Oh, Josh! Yeah, our friend. There wasn't, there wasn't really any groundbreaking sort of let's roll with this concept. So I decided to rebrand, or we decided to rebrand, um, which, you know, you put us in touch with. Yeah. Oh, yes, Andreas, wonderful designer, yeah. So, um, guys, like, just, I mean, <coughs> I've learned a lot about your story now, but why, 
Oh, well, I guess what are the roles? So Charlie, Charlie's the chef. Rupert, you're the finance ops dude. The business side, yeah. yeah. Charlie does the taste test. Well, you both do taste testing, but what for for Curb and for people who have an interest in the street food industry, what are the roles are there apart from running your own little stall, etc.? Are there much roles? Are there? Are there much more roles what in street food that you can yeah. be doing? Like I don't, I don't know. I, I'm I'm talking from a completely outside. yeah. I mean yeah. I mean there's there's so many avenues that you can be involved with street food, really? like <coughs> um, events, working with events, becoming an event agency, booking your own events, booking talent. The reason why yeah. street food is quite appetising for corporate catering is because we're a cheaper option than other most caterers out there, like Concerto. You know, yeah. Um, street feast, we, you know, it's sort of five pounds a head, eight pounds a head. Um, whether it's these other big corporate companies charging, you know, more than double that. Um, yeah. So street food is a very appetising option. There's also, there's, there's also, you know, you can do your own uh, drinks, you know, options. There's so many businesses out there, whether that's, yeah, drink, beer, breweries, uh, sodas. Like when, when my first introduction was it when I was like getting into markets, I was working with this guy in... Um, in Crystal Palace and he was just doing smoked food like really nice delicious like smoked good food like he buys ingredients from Scotland or Wales yeah. just some of the best quality ingredients and he was making some good some good buck and he was just on a quite humble you know small market but he was making some really good you know he was making some good money back and yeah you know it doesn't necessarily have to be food if you want to like you know make really I don't know have the best honey or so whatever like you can attach yourself to these markets and like if you're really good at something or you're you know got one of those artisanian crafts or you want to show off what you can do and you put in loads of hard work and there's loads of avenues you can go to and still sell it really street. depends what you want to do i think and okay. if you're a foodie and you want to write about food you want to talk about food um you know the hospitality industry has such a wide scope and i think people didn't really think street food was sort of in the hospitality sector or mobile catering sector for quite some time until it was five years ago. It wasn't really, it was just a kind of local kebab guy. Um, In this country? In this country, whether it's in the States, it's it's always been big. Okay. Um, Or even in Asia, like Asia, you know, street food is is for everyone. And I think street food's right for all ages. But that's, but that's that's who it's right for people that have an interest in food i guess like yeah, exactly. about like 100%. food okay so what's your best advice for anybody thinking about considering going into Starting this? the street food business yeah what's your best advice my best advice i i would say you know from my point of view go and work with a trader as a worker just like yeah like just go ask or don't see if it's for you if it's if we're talking instagram yeah. or social media and just be like can i work for you for a day yeah. i guarantee you if you work one day on a street food market whether it be in a truck or a gazebo or an event you'll know it's for you'll, you you'll you'll one know it's for you or not you'll learn so much on that day just literally follow the operational manager like you're their shadow and within yeah definitely your first shift you'll you'll realize quite quickly what it takes you know the how many different things your mind has to be on you know about the customer that you can't really have a bad day you know you'll learn about you know setting up packing down the, the service yeah. the whole thing. so i definitely that would be my 
my best advice would just be do that. Yeah. You know, there's so much you can research on, but until you actually like really go out and do it, then exactly. I think that sort of came to a thing. So like, even with me, like doing all this research and you know trying to find out most about the industry, it wasn't until I actually or we got out there trading that I think or realised, ah, that's what I need to do because this is a this is why I like it. Like we, I had all these ideas of like you know, I want to do this food and this food, but then until you're actually out there doing it and you're not selling anything, then you know what works. Yeah. You know, if you've got a bunch of guys who come down from an office, they want quite a reasonably big meal, reasonably priced. So they're going to go to the burrito guy or they're going to go to the kebab wrap guy. They're not yep. going to come through with your dainty, tiny sandwiches, which are all quite nicely presented with micro herbs. Yes, it looks nice and probably be nice and some bistro cafe but on the street it's a real different concept whether you want to sell out and change your product and you know it's really up to you if you've got you've got to be passionate about what you want to sell and what your concept is if you're let's say you're from the caribbean and you want to sell your amazing delicious family recipe rotis then yes it's a wonderful idea but it's how you put that forward oh, I think what it's, can you believe it's also like around around it you can yeah, really sell it forward absolutely i think because really, we can have the best tasting food ever but if you don't have a capsulating brand about you then i don't think people will buy into it that's yes. you're in saying, city. but what you're saying is that's that's corporate that's no no of course this is just city let's say if you're in asia and thailand and you've got a tiny little weird food cart then you don't really you, there's no brand it's just like this is my food and i've been doing but this coming away from the brand to give you advice what you're saying is go and work for a trader and then you'll realize how to sort of captivate what you want to do as a whole. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Pretty much. I'm, I'm saying like, if you go, yeah, work for a trader or like look at people's social media or whatever and like do it that way, I find that you'll learn. Yeah. A lot more. That is, that's really great advice guys. That's super handy. I think a lot of people are going to, people that are interested. I also advise just from my side is get an accountant or accounting software is always going to help you from the very beginning yep. to actually have a if you are actually serious about it and you you work for a trader and you're actually in the process of setting up and being like okay i'm going to actually do this and i've yep. got my idea got my equipment and health and safety all of that yeah knowing exactly what your business is doing and how much it's costing you and if you're covering your cost don't worry if it doesn't in the first year it doesn't matter like that comes further down the line but knowing exactly what your business is doing is so vital yeah. Um, I, I, that is the only thing I would tell myself a year ago is yeah. like, is get on top of it now. Mm. You won't worry because like when you have to do come and do a tax return, all, all this other kind of stupid shit they don't teach you in school, by the way, <laughs> is is get prepared for it. And yeah. Don't worry too much about the shininess of the equipment or the exciting, you know. Oh, I'm going to use this, and I've got this amazing, you know, supply. Yes, that's great, and it's valid some point down the line. But once, yeah, like I think, yeah, got, have have that, have that, have that, have that sort of structure and operation in place, and then also just really think about what your USP and your intent is. Like, cool. um, that's something that I've USP is very. Important. I think that's something that we've really tried to sort of really hone in on. Is I think you asked me this question before. Like, um, answer me. Can you explain you and your business in ten seconds? And if you find that quite difficult, then I feel like you don't really understand what your own product or brand is. Fair. 
Yeah. Do you know, does that yeah. kind of make sense? Yeah, I do. Yeah. So I guess that, I guess that's the best advice you can give to somebody is like really understand what you want to do and get your, get yourself out there and understand. If you really want to, if you really want to do it, like do the research and like work. Like if I, if I wanted to like be in a studio and make beats and stuff, like I would be a runner. I would make tea and coffee for the producer. I would do that because mm. like that is going to give me the best insight into working yeah. for in that industry. If I want to be a chef, I'm going to be a pot watch. I'm going to get a job in that field because yeah. there is no better experience or like you'll never learn in it you're unless sure you're, unless you're doing it. I mean, yeah, if you're like, doing, if you're doing a side hustle towards another job or a dream, but it has nothing to do with that dream you want, then that job for me is quite irrelevant. Yeah, I know. Why would I go earn money doing that? Yes, it's safe and it pays my bills, but it's not what I want to do. It's like take the risk and do it. And yeah, you must, whatever it is, you must be in that same, because then once you start crawling up the little greasy ladder of that industry, you'll realize if that's for you, because you've got to start at the bottom. And if you don't like the bottom, then you're not, you're not really going to enjoy the top because the work never stops. Mm. So Boys, thank you so much for all that advice. That's going to really help a lot of people out that are interested in setting a startup setup. So thank you again. I really, really appreciate it. And um, yeah, I'll catch up with you boys soon. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having us on your, on your amazing show. Thanks so much, boys. Cheers. Thanks for tuning in to that, guys. That was Charlie and Rupert Avery, founders and owners of Dosmas, talking about entrepreneurship and what it's like to work in street food. There will be some links and info in the description on this podcast. But if you want to find out any more or want to ask me any questions, please drop me a note at sam at beginanddiscover.com. Uh, and please remember to like, share, subscribe, do all that social stuff for me. And hopefully we can help those guys out who are in limbo period. Thanks. Bye.